What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Kind of Funny Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside Nick Scarpino, Tim Geddes, Andy Cortez, and our guest, Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian. Hello, Greg. Hello, everyone. It's so good to be here. Also, off the bat, I don't know what dinosaur sheets look like uh, if you're a bad parent, but if you're a good parent, they look like goddamn wow. dinosaurs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. There we go. There yeah. we go. I don't see any feathers on those things. No. That's fantastic. A lot of people say meat in the middle, and I say on some issues, yes. But on do dinosaurs have feathers, the hill we will die, all right? If you're in the feather camp, take your science and your textbooks and get out of here. All right? If you're one of my kids sleeping at my house, you're sleeping on goddamn regular dinosaur sheets. Yeah. Hell there's no, yes. There's no birds involved. There's no cross-species type bullshit. Greg, I do want to point out that we had a lot of people coming after us on Twitter saying, like, (laughs) you are absolutely wrong about the dinosaur stuff. Here's the thing. I don't care that I'm wrong. All right. It's my side. All right. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it from you. Yeah. I, you know, a lot of people, they don't want to get the joke sometimes, Andy. They want to get all offended. And here's what Mm -hmm. I'll always say to those people. I'm not listening to your podcast. You're listening to mine. So, you know what I mean? (laughs) Suck it, you idiot. (laughs) I'm not not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Exactly. Uh, Here's my problem with you, Christian, is you do too much. Like yeah. Usually somebody comes I've on, it it's before. an easy way to introduce them, right? But I, even your your Twitter bio, official Last of Us podcast, DLC podcast, do two billboard charting stand-up albums, Consequences, my new comic book on Kickstarter now. Pick a lane, sir. <laughs> Diversifying his bonds. Yeah. <laughs> The lane, I guess, is storytelling, which is the okay. cheesy answer. Like sure. that's that's been the through line for everything. Um, it's telling stories and connecting with people. Like what you all do and this past year especially like how much connection and human action human interaction kind of funny provides to people like that's that's the through line and that's something that i've been trying to do across all of these things is i love video games i love talking with people and connecting with people and then writing this comic book uh on the kickstarter there's a picture of me when i was a little guy getting x-men one signed by jim lee like comic books have been the thing for my life like so much and i feel like for all of us that's such an important part of who we are and so when the opportunity came i guess it was end of 2019 to start working on this book i was like yeah you mean talented people want to make this with me (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i want to get to all that and i love that on the kickstarter with the jim lee thing not only do you have the photo of the shirt getting signed you then have a photo now as you a full as an adult wearing the shirt (laughs) That's that, awesome. That was full circle right there. I appreciated that. I like because usually you have a you know so let's sign the kid version of the shirt. You're like no no I want to sign an adult version of the shirt. <laughs> Planning long term. You all talked about it when we were growing up. There was only one thing, right? It was like this Ghostbusters toy, or you saw mm-hmm. you saw this Superman shirt or this Wolverine shirt, and that it was a double XL. That was the one. <laughs> you were buying it. <laughs> Now, in now my case, I needed the double XL, but that's not, that's not <laughs> And you wore it swimming, too. Yeah, I really <laughs> Seven-year-old, yeah. <laughs> Hide the shame, Nick. Hide the shame. Oh, God, still do. <laughs> um, so, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, let's get off the way. Let's hop away. Uh, this is the Kind of Funny Podcast. If you didn't know, each and every week, four, sometimes five, best friends gather around these microphones, each coming with their own bullshit to bullshit around about. Uh, we do it twice a week now. Oftentimes, we have guests like Christian, and we're having a great time. If you're having a great time, head over to patreon.com slash kindoffunny, where you can toss us a few bucks, and you can be part of the show with your questions, comments, concerns. You can be part of the show. Uh, you can watch it live, just like Joe is, just like Corey is, just like Joshy G is, and Josh. G was starting shit on kind of funny games daily today, but we won't call him out on it right now. All right, Andy, 
I see you getting a wide eye. Like Joshy G did it. Yeah, Joshy G. Well, did it. I mean, it's a range of emotions right now, Greg. First off, I'm shocked that 15 minutes into the podcast, uh -huh. you did the intro. Like, uh -huh. I did not. I lost a lot of money on that bet right For the there. record, no. I did it four minutes in. You're looking at the overall thing, not the broadcast oh, right. time. You're All right? So record just a heads time. up. I'm record timing this right now. So, wow. again, everybody who wants their feathers on their dinosaurs and everybody who was betting 30 minutes this time, get out of here. Yeah. Bunch of uh, Tristan Tristometry says six fourteen a new record. So there you go. I'm on. I'm on fire today, everybody. Don't wow. worry about it. Uh, of course, on Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny, you support us. Uh, we support you, and you get a bunch of cool exclusive content. However, if you have no bucks to toss away, no big deal. The uh, show goes up twice a week. YouTube.com/slash Kind of Funny, RoosterTeeth.com, and podcast services around the globe. Like I just said, twice a week. I'm not going to keep saying twice a week, but twice a week. Uh, housekeeping for you. Uh, it's a huge week over here, especially on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny. Not only are we putting up the first part of DCEU in review, the Snyder Cut, we also have Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh, reactions going up on Friday oh, as well. Yeah. There's so much going on, Andy. Uh, you know, how are you going to pencil all now, of it in around Valorant? Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. My wallet is hurting from Valorant. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Thank you to our Patreon producers, uh, at Dananobiologist, a.k.a. Mick Abramson. At Dananobiologist, a.k.a. Mick Abramson. Uh, DJ Kento, Devin Carter, Steve Powers, Ryan Trimble, Kieran O'Donnell, Joy, a.k.a. Joseph O'Yousef, uh, Aaron Horan, uh, Bill Abui, uh, Julian the Gluten-Free Gamer, Danny Rodriguez, and Rachel Gray. Today we're brought to you by BetterHelp and Babbel. But I'll tell you about that later. For now, Christian, here's the thing. You just, again, we ran through everything you do. But if you were to run into somebody at a party and they have no idea who you are, how do you, you, you're going to describe yourself as a storyteller? That's where you begin? Like, what's, what's, what's your day job? What do you do all day long? <laughs> <laughs> I would say at a, at a party, I would say I'm a writer. That's what okay. I would say. I've been fortunate to write on some TV, a bunch of stuff people haven't seen, uh, which is how a lot of, my uh, profession as a TV writer goes where it doesn't make it onto TV. Always um, fun. <laughs> I, I do want to point out really, really quick, Christian, that if I were at a party and you told me you were a storyteller, I would have reacted the way Woody Harrelson did in True Detective when Russ Cole <laughs> McConaughey says, I don't sleep. I just, no, I don't dream. I don't sleep. I just dream. And they cut to uh, Woody Harrelson. He's just like, Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> I like, if I was like, well, what do you do? I'm a storyteller. I've been like, oh. It's like, oh, here we go. Well, no, Andy, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> So uh, then, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. No, please, please continue. That's the short answer. And then the day-to-day, the -day, it's, it's varied. You know, I, I've been fortunate to write on shows and that's staffed in a room. The most recent thing that I, didn't talk about much on on DLC or anywhere, but I worked for a, a mobile game company for a little over three years, and I was uh, bringing a couple of their games up to launch and creating the worlds and building out the characters um, and defining those universes, kind of getting the, the show Bible, so to speak, or the game Bible ready for those worlds to then hand it off, and the game can run as, as a live service game forever. Um, so some of the stuff that, like, a lot of these games that people listening probably have more experience with it, like Valorant's knocking out of the park right now. Um, Call of Duty's knocking out of the park right now. Fortnite, where you build this world, you build the characters that live in it, and then it can kind of play forever, right? As long as you stay true to those values you define. Um, so it's doing a lot of that. And then also, <laughs> it's just surviving this fucking pandemic. Sure. <laughs> like that's, <laughs> that's, a full that's my day-to-day. -day. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Indeed. 
So where does the idea for the comic book come in? Of course, we're talking about consequences, your new comic book. Kickstarter's up right now. You can go to kck.st slash three lowercase. No, I'm kidding around. You can go to kindoffunny.com slash Christian to go straight to it to check it out right oh, now. Oh, wow. Uh, I got, I got th- you sent us advanced copies on uh, the old PDFs there. I got to read it. It's beautiful. Uh, I'm, I hate that it's only one issue because <laughs> it is very much I get to the end. I'm like, oh, man, tell me more. <laughs> Well, thank you. Yeah, there, there's more story to tell, but my hope is that this first issue has that complete narrative arc, much like uh, John Wick or the first Matrix. Clearly, there's more and you want to know it, but if you, that's all you got. You kind of see what Kara's life is about. It's kind of the, the hope and pitch for this. Lofty um, goals there. Some yeah. of the coolest things in the world. Yeah, I'm just trying to do John Wick. Maybe you've seen John Wick, Driver, Baby Driver. You know, just small. So, what's, so what kind of storytelling are you doing? Uh, you know, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars type thing. You know. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to start small, so I'm really going after a Game of Thrones approach. <laughs> just this very focused uh, story. You do like a very top level story, very top level story. Yeah, it, it's the book has just been a, a dream to do in terms of like writing and the things. And I think part of it was spun out of having things not go and spending a year or two on this show you really believe in. And then, I don't, you know, it, you, it has a penalty attached to it. So it seems like the studio is really going to make it. And then they pay you the penalty and they still don't make it. And so I wanted to just put something out into the world that I could make and put out um and then it became very scary uh putting this thing out there because as you mentioned it's like folks don't if you do know me you don't know me necessarily as writing a comic book or genre because a lot of that stuff hasn't made it out for various reasons some has but not a lot so it was this very scary moment of like publish (laughs) 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 and put this kickstarter out but it's been it's been humbling and people seem receptive to it and hopefully there's there's more to tell and uh you know, I can I can convince Gary to write a pass on on Kara years down the line or something like that too. That's no, the goal. You won't afford him. You won't be able. To or maybe just him. like the years. intros, the notes, yeah. like the <laughs> intro sort of. Hi, I'm Gary Witta. He's going to talk about himself the whole time. Exactly. <laughs> when I was writing Rogue One, I was thinking <laughs> comics are all right. I'll take it. I will take it easily. Easy. Now, easy. now, when when you have the writing down, how do you how do artists approach you? How does the rest of the process sort of find itself? Yeah, so I definitely learned a lot about comics because it, you know, I've been writing my whole life, but not writing to that type for a while. Uh, screenplates, final draft, or there's format for it, right? Comics still, even with the major publishers, there's differences in how folks write. Some people just write freehand on a page and then the artist runs with it. Other people get very detailed and it looks more like a, a feature screenplay. For me, putting this thing together, I knew what I wanted it to be. I had a very clear vision for fight choreography and how I wanted things to to look. So then I was reaching out to folks. I was like, I've made this thing. I really believe in it. I love your art. Eduardo Mello is the illustrator on this, and I loved things that he's done. So when I reached out to him, I was like, man, I would love for you to do this. Let's find a way to make it happen. He's like, send me the script. And that was the first like imposter syndrome moment. Like <laughs> hovering on the send yes? button with the attachment. You're like, uh. <laughs> you're gonna hate it. You're like the next team was like, don't worry, you hate it. It's not, it's not gonna work out anyway. <laughs> you just exit uh, out and block him immediately. Like, no, nah, I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Never talk to him again. <laughs> but it's 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 that. Um, Lauren Affey's the colorist who did Spider Gwen, Five Ghosts, a bunch of other uh, great things. Taylor Esposito, who did action comics. Like among all the incredible books he's lettered, it's like, again, it's it's like a dream. It's a dream come true. Corey Schmitz uh, did the logo oh, design, who's Love done 
he's the best. He's done every logo ever. Ever. It's so I was I like, just, I go to his website just to be jealous just to and feel be, something like yeah because it <laughs> I, like i everything he does whenever a new game is coming out i'll be like i bet you that's a cory joint and sure Kev, enough, can you can is. you bring this up it's ghost of shishima it's valorant it's uh stray now it's <laughs> sorry i this can bring that up again real quick that, that this goes back to uh, what Chris was saying. Oh wow, like, he did, Corey did a great you, job. Oh, he did control. Shirt. You, you Fuck, get that's the dope. you get the T-shirts that just like whatever's available. My brother, this was his favorite T-shirt growing up that he had. Yeah. It's a fucking ugly Hawaiian print Spider-Man <laughs> shirt dope with shirt. a yellow Spider-Man on it. Like Ugh. it makes no sense. It's like got this print. <laughs> yeah, it was like we bought it in Chinatown. It was just like. That, totally that center looks legal. like uh it looks like the scarlet spider like hoodie he wears the cutoff or whatever so that's pretty dope but yeah the tuberculosis spider yeah i don't know how i yeah, feel about that, that. that was <laughs> what i was asking is can you bring up the the koi schmidt uh page they're talking about dude he's dope oh, i thought he's you were really gonna send good. me the link no it's koi schmidt's.com i can okay. uh, i'll send it to you i'll drop it in, um, thank you we can keep it robustering yeah. while we bring up koi schmidt's and we talk about this comic book it's beautiful again it was like you know, I had to like zoom my camera in so he doesn't see all of his stuff I have. <laughs> Try oh, to the, the polygon logo. Around. I love the polygon logo. Fuck, he's got really good shit. God, it's it's analog, eight bit o. It, it's graphic design goals. Like, and I've been looking at this dude's work since like 2013, 2014, and it just keeps. I think, I think the first time I, I heard of him was uh, this band I really like, Anamanaguchi. They are very eight bit kind of. Um, nintendo sounds pop punk and he did one of their kind of first logos i think for one of their earlier albums and uh i was like god damn this is so cool and then everything the dude does just is instant gold but for a while i think he was like exclusive to sony or he does all a lot of sony's first party things i believe yeah Um, there's a lot of sony either way he's just he's like the fucking john williams of logos yeah yeah and now my little comic (laughs) quick that's so rad so fucking sick so cool. well that's so, yeah one of the things about it right is like you know we've had plenty of friends make comics and send it send stuff over and it's I, you know as somebody who reads so many comics i think there's that you get somebody's comic you get somebody's pdf and you open it up and i'm not t- throwing shade at all i swear but you open it up you're like oh yeah clearly this is a passion project an independent thing right like it's somebody who's doing this as a passion thing with an artist who's a passion thing and you see like okay cool like uh, there's obviously things that could be tweaked and changed and tightened up i was when i opened yours up not knowing anything and having haven't read like i really was caught off guard by how good it looks because it it looked and i don't mean to insult anybody else it looks like a real comic and obviously when you have eduardo on there right is somebody who has done so much stuff whether it be for marvel whether it be for dc that's going to shine through but like it it goes so much further right with uh you're talking about you know you know how you wanted it to look so you had it written like to look like a comic book uh his pencils obviously the art obviously uh you know text and stuff that goes through there it's really impressive eduardo what's the last name Eduardo Mello, M-E-L-L-O. I, I am a I'm a comics noob. Like I did, uh, unlike these three guys, well, mostly Greg and and Tim, who are the ones that read a lot of comics growing up. I just was not exposed to that uh, lifestyle at all. Just because I I remember seeing like my first comic book shop, be like, oh wow, these are real. I thought they were just in the movies. Um, <laughs> Mello, you can pull Mello. up his Instagram, uh, which is, it shows some of his other pencils and like Fantasy Flight games and Got Marvel. It. It's like. Again, talking to him, and I was like, I'm holding the five-minute stories book you did that my kids read every... Whoa! Like, this is the best! <laughs> it's incredible! Um, speaking of incredible, Greg, and I'm not just blowing smoke, like, I, 
you told me to save it for the show, so I'm going to save it. Please. I, you've talked about it some, but I want that deep dive on Joker, man. Like, <laughs> you talk about it in passing. Like, you and Gary, you you wrote a murderer's row of every... Did you just parade people? I don't want to spoil the story because it's great if you haven't read it. It's been out this long. If you haven't read the Joker yeah, exactly. 80th anniversary, you're not a real fan, and I want you to pull the car over right now, throw the keys in the river, and walk away. Not and then just get your the iPad in. fucking tree. Drive it on a tree. <laughs> no, oh Nick, no, no, Nick. No, but far. you're out of the car. So you left it in drive. You left oh, it okay, drive, sure. Nick. It slowly yeah. rolled into a tree. I got it. But yeah. first, okay. get comicsology and download Joker Yeah, yeah, get both these, both books. Mm-hmm. You just you just paraded characters on stage just so you could say you wrote for all of them, right? It was like one thousand percent. That was the idea from the initial meeting Gary and I had. We took a long breakfast one day when you could still go places, and yeah, it was that idea of like, all right, cool. Like when we honed in on the idea, it's like, well, this is our one chance to do this, so get everybody in there. You're already writing a Joker story. I want Superman in there. I want Lois Lane in there. He, you know, Gary was wanted to uh, to get the villains in there and have all these different references and Mister Freeze and keep going that way. Yeah, it was our chance. We went for it. It's so good. It's ugh. yeah, that whole book's great, and I love your story. Like, was there how much fighting was there? Because that, that's stuff again. I want to dot again. I can <laughs> between me and Gary. Just the creative process to get this thing off the ground. Like, oh, dude, there was no story. conflict. It was the really? most. Ama- it, it was amazing. Oh, yeah, because it was like so. You know, for the way it worked is that what it was. Yeah, our January fifth stream last year, right? That checks out. Uh, where. Gary came by and we were doing the 24 hour thing or the 12 hour thing. And this would have been 2020. And yeah, he walked in and I was off camera in the back chilling out for a second. He's like, Hey, so I just had a call with DC and I turned around. I'm like, all right. Like, cause you know, Gary loves to rub his achievements in my face all the <laughs> yeah, time with what he's doing. And whenever, every time he gets to go live one of my dreams, you know what I mean? I'm a ghostbuster. Like, Wait, exactly. <laughs> he's like, hey, hey, hey Greg, I'm going to be Superman in the next movie. <laughs> How? Uh, yeah, but what? he turned. He, he, they yeah, go a different direction with, with it. <laughs> got off a call with DC, right? And uh, they want me to write. Uh, uh, they're doing this Joker anthology. They'd like me to write a story. And I was like, that's amazing. And he's like, yeah, like, I don't know DC. Like, you know DC. Do you want to write it with me? And I was just like, so floored by it. You know what I mean? Because, like, you talk about it all the time of tossing the ladder back down. You know what I mean? When you've gone somewhere and you've made it. And like, you know, now Gary, of course, I mean, he wrote the Star Wars comics. He, he has his own book, Oliver. Like he's done all these different uh, mountains he's climbed, right? And so for him to know how much I've wanted to do that, but like it's not in my wheelhouse in terms of like my passion, which I'm sure we'll eventually talk about. And I've talked about before of like, I've, I've, I've pitched my Superman book. I literally have people at DC now that know me. And you'd like, if I wanted to, I'm sure I could bust my ass and get in front of them and do stuff. But it's like, in my off time, I want to play games so I can talk about games. You know what I mean? And like, that's always the number one priority. So it's always this, you know, I don't, I don't have that draw in me of every day I wake up and I'm like, I got to write, I got to do that. And I find that the people who are going to make it and do this, do it that way. Whereas if I can get like the occasional opportunity for something like that, I do it. I digress. Uh, so yeah, we, you know, booked a meeting and we went to a, a lunch out at Outerlands in the sunset and we sat there for like three hours. It must've been. And it was like, we had just a pitch session where you went around. There was a couple of different ideas we didn't investigate. And there were some ground rules from DC of like, you know, don't do movie stuff. And so we were trying to get around that to make references to stuff. And he's like, no, no, let's not do it. So it was eventually we, yeah, honed in on it's a Joker book. Like what's, what could you do differently with him? And it was like, well, you know, what if he actually killed Batman? Like it's something that's happened before, obviously, but in a, I forget how many pages it was, nine pages we had, you know what I mean? To go through of like, what would that story look like? And it, you know, it was really big on both ends at one point. And I was like, 
no, we got to cut this down and we got to start here and we got to go through that. And he got that. And it was going back and forth and pitching lines and going through this thing. And, you know, there was never any, again, I, I, you know, me and Gary have such a fun relationship because we are such close friends, but like there was at any moment, I think he could have easily been like, well, no, this is my book or no, like I know more about writing than you, but he never did that. And he always took my, you know, there was one part I remember where, you know, Gary and I have argued on shows about it where we have different interpretations of Superman where he, Gary takes very much, you know, he's an alien, he's Kryptonian and I'm very much, he's from Smallville. He's a, he's a man who has these amazing powers. And there was a, a line in Gary's initial draft where when they interview Superman about Batman, he refers to him as the best, I think, human he ever knew. And I was like, we, no, you got to change that. Like, that's not like, I understand this is like the critical thing, but like Clark would never call someone a human. He would never make such, and Gary's like, all right, cool. And did it like, we could have had a full, you know, a huge debate about Superman. <laughs> Greg would have punched Gary in the fucking face. Like, <laughs> off the project, erase my name from the script. Goodbye. <laughs> Gary, you didn't write like anything. This. You just talked to me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, great. we went around there, and then you know, it was we were lucky enough to get in front of the artist we were, who was super down to send us stuff. And that was the other thing too, of like, for me being such a DC super fan, God, why is the artist name escaping me right now? That's gonna drive me crazy. I can look it up. Yeah, can you look it up for me, Andy? I, yeah. My iPad I'm, I'm hung up on Clay Man, and it was not Clay Man. Uh, but it was the idea that uh, you know, for as much nerdiness gary wanted me to come in with dc so i could give him references or like we were trying to pull from you know big moments from dan mora was, yep there you go thank you very much dan mora i apologize uh we had so many different things we wanted to pull from and try to get in there as easter eggs in, in the script right but then to have dan who's a huge fan go in there and read it and get what we were doing and then you know go into like when alfred's being interviewed in the back cave and lois is there like the amount of Batmobiles that are in the background and all these different things that are just layered in there. And like, even when Joker's there, like, you know, I think Gary talked about the bomb he's wearing being Smilex. He wanted that really bad. But then the references behind him and around him are like just like throwaway lines. I mean, you know, some people are dressed as Batman. He's got like, you know, yeah. he's got you know, 60s Batman there. He's got all these different things there. People celebrating Batman. I thought it was awesome. That's why I love a good anthology book because like consequences, it uh, for folks that, that don't know it, I'm going for that. John Wick with moral ambiguity. So it's a big fight like that. That's what this first book is. And that's what it wants to revel in. And it took me 30 pages to do it. And I love a good anthology book. And what I love, and they're not all great. Um, and not to just blow smoke. I'm not sure there are some better than your Joker story, Greg. But what is so great about it in the tight storytelling, because it, it was nine, nine pages and all yeah. of the ones in and oftentimes in future state now on DC, some of my favorite part of those books are the back story, the second yep. story, because it is that tight. Here's eight pages on Red Hood. We're going to make it count. Oh, yep. it's just it's just mastercraft. And what I love about comics and films and movies are great, too. But because it is that comic, I can sit and look at that panel of Joker and mm -hmm. notice all that stuff. I don't need to pause, you know, Netflix and zoom in i can sit there and examine all of that stuff and that to me is the beauty of the the comics medium where you get that visual storytelling but you can sit there and pour over it if you want or i can be done with your book in two minutes you know and be on with yeah. my day nice. well I, yeah you know you nail so many different things there right that I, I resonate with me of like the anthology book you know joker notwithstanding right like you know action 1000 detective 1000 when they hit up these things for valentine's day specials and they go and get a bunch of different people and put them together on one book uh including the love is love one that i really really dug uh 
I those are my favorite comics DC puts out because it's exactly what you're saying where it is first off like you know were is DC ever going to offer me and Gary like the chance to go write an ongoing Superman or Batman book I hope so Andy is my agent <laughs> call Andy but the fact that they bring in all sorts of different people with different perspectives that aren't you, you, necessarily you want to you pay Greg ten dollars an hour deal sounds good you're not all he's, wrong he's really only worth much eight dollars an to hour write that comic. Uh, but, <laughs> steal yeah exactly but it was you know uh they do so much interesting stuff there and i always say those are such a great jumping on point for people who want to read comics because it is usually like cool it's don't get into the weeds of what batman and what universe we're in it's batman and it's catwoman and you go with it because you know enough to go off of that and have your story actually count well, what's, what's coolest about those type of stories, and this is also true about like short films, you see this a lot with like horror movies that you know the, a movie's made because a short film was made first, and the short film is almost always better than the full thing because it's mm. just the it the the entire thing is just the idea. Yeah, it's the raw there's idea. There's nothing it, cooler yeah. than the idea. It's the setup. You know what I mean? Like you almost mm -hmm. don't even need to answer everything. It's just having a nice kind of. Uh, set up and presentation for something that people would be interested in because then your mind fills in all the the gaps of what happens next and all that so like that's what makes your the joker story cool is that it, it was kind of allowed to just be this moment that you're filling in all the other stuff but because it's part of an anthology book like you're already kind of learning the language of knowing you're going to do that for each thing it, it reminds me a lot of even like a black mirror or a twilight zone it's like it, it, every single one of those episodes works because we know how to watch it as a whole where we understand it's an episode by episode thing that we're we're getting into and like rules reset for each one but we know there's always going to be rules it's cool stuff you're going to love the short film i'm making it's called a 31 year old start skateboarding with a backwards hat and it is just <laughs> yeah. the idea i got it's gonna be hit with the kids i'm telling I got you a great, i got a great sequel for you it's called and starts dj <laughs> damn that's <Yeah>. good <laughs> So, Christian, what's the plan for consequences? Because, again, at kindoffunny.com slash Christian, uh, you're kickstarting the first issue. Like, wh where, what do you want to do with it? Yeah, I put up, because I did want the focus of the Kickstarter to be this book, but I guess this past weekend I did put up a stretch goal of, like, hey, if it hits 24K, you get a second issue. Like, there's there's a map. There's a plan for longer, for more stories with her. Um, and I'd love to tell them. Part of the plan for her, I can't talk about yet. <laughs> sure, that's always tough, right? Um, <laughs> well, that's the thing, even I don't know how much you've talked about the book in general, because it is that thing of what you talk about with that moral ambiguity. And like when it's going, you start projecting on, as a reader, I'm projecting onto it who these people are. And so when you get to the final couple panels, right, and there's a flip of the coat, I was like, oh, okay. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, I can zoom out um, a little bit. And it is like, you mentioned I was fortunate to work with with Sony and Naughty Dog and the folks at Spoke Media to do the official Last of Us podcast. And if you, again, if you know me, you know I love, I love that world. I love what Neil and everybody at Naughty Dog built for The Last of Us. And I love that at the end of that game, um, the first game, <clears throat> I'll leave the second game out of it because it's as people are still waiting to play it, I think. They shouldn't, but they might be waiting for a PS5, <laughs> a PS5 patch, Neil. A, a PS5 Where's it at, Neil? Hey, Neil, what are you so, doing, Neil? bro? What are you doing, man? Come on. I've been, I've been itching to, to replay it, man. Give it to us. Look, one of two options. A PS5 patch, or I'm a clicker on the HBO show. Like, those are the choices. <laughs> Damn, um, okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but the way that that game ends, again, it's a story that ends. Clearly, there's more for Joel and Ellie at the end of part one. But you also end, you still like those characters, but they're not necessarily good people which I find 
fascinating. I love mm -hmm. stories like that. Um, and so with consequences, it is, again, using shorthand, because comics are brief, even at 30 pages, a 30-page comic is not an hour TV show. Um, and it's creating this world where you set expectations up for who these characters are, who it's about Cara Diol and her life as a mercenary, and she wishes it ex-mercenary, but life pulls you back in, and how we first meet her. Um, the opening panel of, of how you first meet her and see her, my hope <laughs> is that the, the reader makes assumptions. And so I'm using a lot of shorthand for how I set up to create these characters for you, the reader, to make assumptions about them mm -hmm. that hopefully are paid off in the back half of that issue. And then with the final frames kind of revealing who she really is. And then my hope, like not even with second issues, my, my honest to God hope for the book is that folks put it on their shelf and then the next day are still thinking about it, like mm -hmm. wondering who Kara is, should they like her, do they like her, um, and what does that mean for her world? Because I find stories like that to be very compelling and inspiring, you know, much the way of um, does Leo's top fall, does his ring fall over uh, in Inception? Like there's that kind of element to it, but it's like, oh, damn, Joel's alive at the end of the last of us part one, is that good for this world? <laughs> like, yeah. are we better because of it? Ellie's life better because of it, but does she want that life? And I, I love, I love stuff like that. So I hope people chew on it and talk about it. And then I hope the other stuff that I'm, you know, working on get made so we can talk about those later. <laughs> I, so I'm loving all this. I want to actually go back to the TV stuff that didn't end up happening. Did it not happen because of COVID or did it not happen because that's Hollywood? Yeah, that's Hollywood. I, uh, I, COVID stuff hasn't affected anything that I've worked on personally recently. I've had a few things that would look like they were. If you want. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was COVID. Thanks, Andy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we were, uh, they shut us down. Um, Tom Cruise Martin yelled Scorsese at the crew. loved everything I wrote, but it was COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there's a lot. Maybe, maybe not everyone. Some people have the Midas touch. Um, but there's a lot of stuff that goes really far in, in, you know, I was a part of a thing that we even shot the pilot and it just, it didn't fit that, you know, that year's release didn't make it to upfronts and it, it's part of the process. And I'm not trying to just be a glass half full, but that really is part of the, the process. Um, and it's never overnight and the thing you want to go doesn't happen when you want it to happen. And then 10 years later, you get to hopefully build an empire out of everything you learned, you know? You it, say it's it part of the process, me. though, but how much does it suck? How much does it suck when it all goes wrong? <laughs> well, I mean, I can use a reason. I, so I'll be vague on this. There was a, a thing that I really wanted. You don't I have to really... be vague. Nobody's listening. No, Nobody's go ahead and tell us. You wanted to write that new Superman reboot. I understand. <laughs> oh, that looks good. No, Batgirl. Batgirl's what I want. Like, to put it out oh. in the universe. Batgirl's my favorite. And then I'll tell the, uh, the, the stupid story of the thing that punched me in the dick real hard. <laughs> <laughs> To me, and there's a few others, but Batgirl is fascinating because she chose this life. There's the stories of Batman and his parents are killed, so he has to do this thing to deal with the grief. There's Superman who's jettisoned onto this planet and discovers he has power. Spider-Man, great power, great responsibility. Daredevil avenging his father. Like All of these people kind of have this catalyst-type moment. And there's been some of that in retelling of early Batgirl sure. stories, but Batgirl was a kid who watched her dad risk her life, his life every day as a cop and saw the insurmountable odds that GCPD were fighting 
and she saw this other world getting shit done and Barbara trained, put on the cowl, rose above everybody's expectations of what they thought she could be as a, you know, young girl in this world and overcame insurmountable odds to become, in my opinion, one of the best adjusted adult superheroes. And to me, that's such a compelling story, choosing this hard life where if you want to not unretcon it, where she's, you know, shot by the Joker and still not regretting that life choice she made to become this thing. Ah, I love Barbara. And also still throwing herself into it, right, as Oracle, where, yeah, okay, I can't be Batgirl anymore, but I can still be invaluable in the field. Yeah, put my life on the line. The thing that that hit me uh, real hard, uh, there was a thing I really wanted. It was was a writing gig I really wanted. Um, And I got into the process uh, with the other folks. Everything seemed to be going really well. I had the moment in the shower where I pictured like the production hoodie in my closet. You know what I mean? I was like, I know right where it's going to go. It's going to be so good. (laughs) Everything. I wrote some stuff. I started putting together decks and samples and I send them over and everything was so happy. And I was like, this is, this is going to be it, baby. This is it. Uh, And then uh, two days later, I was having a really good day. Other very good things were happening in my day. And I get an email and I'm like, hell yeah, here it is. Boom. Open the email and it's like, hey, we're not going to do it. And I was like, mother. <laughs> so there's, it, it sucks, Greg. I mean, can, you, ha- can, you have to have all experienced that. You have oh, to yeah. have all experienced Can, can oh, yeah. we say that we would have yeah, marveled but... to see you <laughs> in a position like that? Can we just I mean, it would be a direct correlation uh. marvelous <laughs> achievement to image it um, <laughs> it would not be a dark horse project idw yeah. um, <laughs> if we made the thing the skybound would be the limit is what I'm skybound um, make anything don't worry about that oh they make the best stuff they make well, the best stuff. you talking about about batgirl kind of um stole uh, what i wanted to ask you because i was going to say after consequences let's say you you hit all the goals you hit all the kickstarter goals and you make the full story that you wanted if like marvel or dc approaches you or whatever comic book company and say hey what do you want obviously you already said batgirl is there another choice that you think man this superhero doesn't get enough limelight or this person could get a little bit more love there's a yeah there's a lot i love i love uh x23 and oh, I yeah. love so much of that and exploring her as Wolf. I think that was a short uh, moment that could have been expanded upon. And by short, I mean, there are several. I also love uh, Dick Grayson as Batman. It's probably my favorite yes. Batman, which some people are going to be mad at me for saying. <laughs> How good was that Batman and Robin run with him and uh, Damien, right? Got my my black and white Batman sculpt right off, right off camera of Dick Grayson as Batman. It was beautiful. Um, and then I'd love to, and, and folks are, Steve Orlando is doing great work in comics right now and revisiting some of the great new stuff, but also I love his take on characters that are maybe forgotten. Um, but after Guardians 2, the film came out, I think it'd be so fun to play with that old school Guardians team, like in a real, and they've done it. There've been great Guardians comics, but that would be them or 90s X-Force would be my dream Awesome. team to work on cable nice. domino Ooh, be fun 
That's cool. You know, obviously, we talk about superheroes a lot on all of our shows. But uh, recently, I was having a conversation with Gia that I thought was pretty interesting with Invincible coming out next week. Uh, Invincible being a uh, Skybound comic that Greg Miller introduced to me and Nick uh, and Kevin. Fucking loves it. Definitely one of my favorite comics I've ever read. Um, But what makes it so special is, oh, it's a different type of take on superheroes. And that, that's kind of what I said to, to my fiance. And she was like, okay, but at this point, like, how is that different from the boys? How's that different from, and she started naming like different things that we watched. And I just thought it was interesting that like, we've hit a point with, you know, back in the day, it was just Watchmen was the alternative. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. sometime over the last couple of decades, when we've gotten so much used to, you know, X-Men and Marvel and uh, Batman animated series, everything that happened in the nineties, there was kind of like at least some form of mainstream penetration before the movies for these superhero characters, you know, but then now it's almost like it's this mainstream thing to subvert the expectations of it. And that's kind of expected is invincible coming out now as a cartoon going to work for people, or is it going to kind of just feel like, Oh, I've seen this before. Yeah, that I mean, I love the book so much that I I have to hope that it works for people. I think it's the story well executed. And I I love that we live in this world where you can have all those different things. I haven't uh, finished Greg's review of uh, Snyder Cut yet. Uh, I saw that pop up this morning as we're recording it. It's too long. (laughs) Too long. Do you remember what we talked about what we're doing today? It's been a it's been a day, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's true. Uh, but I love that we we live in a world where that version of DC can exist and Zack Snyder's view of who he, heroes are and how he deconstructs them. Because that's even a deconstruction of the heroes of major IP heroes. They can live alongside kind of a more traditional telling of what Marvel's doing with Tom Holland's Spider-Man right now. And then also all these subversive takes of the boys where the heroes, aren't, the supers, aren't the heroes. Invincible, totally re-examining what it means to be a, a superhero. There's a book coming out. Oh God, I wish I could say the name of the book, but it's still a secret. There's the another, there's, the Bible. The Bible. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, Jesus. Mel's Mel's back, and wow, does he do? Uh, God. Finally, passion too. Uh, passion with a vengeance. <laughs> but I, I I love that stuff, Tim. I I think that you, you're finding new ways to subvert expectations. Um, and as long as it's quality, it, it rises to the top. And so I think we're going to see more of it. And then eventually there's room for those traditional hero stories again. Yeah. Um, like Secret Identity is a great Superman book mm-hmm. that kind of does the opposite. It subverts expectations by being an awesome run-of-the-mill Superman origin story, but it does it so perfectly that it feels refreshing. So I, I like that we aren't tied to you know, 90s X-Men only <laughs> anymore. Sure. Well, I also think it's going, it's speaking to your point of like what you're trying to accomplish too, right? Where, where, where it kind of lives in the gray area. Not maybe not so much as where it starts, but what I like about Invincible and what I like a lot about um, modern comic book storytelling is that people aren't treating it with kitty gloves anymore. We're uh, audiences or readers rather are used to having like sort of moralistic tales where two people are ideologically set against each other. And that's always where a story to me, at least is most fascinating. That's the strength of game of Thrones, right? Where you start off and you're like, Oh my God, I'm all for this one character. But then when you see the other side, when you see where they're coming from, then, and you, and you start to see them be the protagonist, in their own story, whereas they're the antagonist to like 
you know, um, the Starks, that's where we get into really, really, you question things in yourself of what you would do in those situations. And I honestly think those are, those are some of the most fascinating stories out there. And I think Marvel's nailed that. I don't think obviously DC quite has in their cinematic universes, but I'm I, to Tim's earlier question. I think it absolutely can. Cause I think it's just a good story. Uh, Christian nailed it told well. Um, and I think, I mean, I think it's gonna be rad to see it in animated form. So I'm excited for that. And you all have talked about it too on, on parts and pieces of this show. I mean, DC's knocked it out of the park on all their animated stuff. God, every like, time. That, and, and I, so I, I have it next to me. So I will just show this one. This is just one example. But like Primer is an incredible mid-grade book where this is for kids. So it's like you have this, you know, Frank Miller inspired or Three Jokers uh, is recent and just a beautiful re-examination, still technically uncanon, but of those characters of Jason and Red Hood and Joker and what that means. And like, my daughters aren't going to read three jokers but you have things like primer i have anti-hero next to me as well are like there's so much variety and even just things like dogman you know or captain underpants that yeah. like gets, what the hell is dogman i'm, I'm familiar uh, with captain underpants but who the hell's dogman <laughs> from the creator of captain underpants it is it, <laughs> the premise the premise is a dog and a cop both died at the same time it's like robocop right awesome <laughs> and the problem is stop it's awesome let's all read this nixon <laughs> <laughs> i wish i had them they're, they're in my daughter's beds because they they clutch them they sleep with them it's like they have this moment in the first one where it's like oh no there's a problem the cop's head is dead and the dog's body is dead god let's great. put the dog's head on the cop's great. body and you have this cop that has a dog head on it that does very dog like dog man can solve it and dog man's like like your dog tim just walking in a circle it's beautiful it's, <laughs> i love it that, so I yeah, love that you, googling dog man um be yes. careful with the kids because this is clearly the kids one there was also a crime drama movie from 2018 <laughs> uh, featuring Mar Mar marcello's a mild-mannered dog groomer who commits petty crimes for uh simo a former boxer who terrorizes the neighborhood when simo's abuse brings marcello to the breaking point he finally decides to take matters into his own hands <laughs> No, that's the Sounds one like my kids decidedly like. Decidedly yeah. different movie. <laughs> no, no, that's no, the one. That's the one. My five-year-old loves that one. It's I don't know so why. Just that, I don't know why that concept reminds me of the uh, the interdimensional cable episode of Rick and Morty, where they are they the the concept is Nick. They get to see TV shows that exist in other dimensions, mm. and one of these shows is is kind of a procedural crime drama. Not even not procedural, just sort of like a. I don't know, Miami Vice type show and the character is baby legs and it's a cop, but his legs are baby's legs. Oh, Jesus. God, and so he's great. like a cop and Jesus. they're like making Such a bus and they're like that's, and they're like, get down, would, sir. Yeah. And he kind of like waddles down to the to the perpetrator, but his little baby legs are just kind of like not really good at balancing and walking. It is first phenomenal. off, send me the link. Second off, <laughs> I, that, this is what I call uh, the kind of humor that makes my wife question why she married me, because I laugh so hard at shit like that, that you get you just get this look. Why? Why? <laughs> just a general why. That's so Isn't great. Isn't that man. the episode too, Andy, where it was all ad libbed? Where like they just wanted oh, to do a, they went in the booth and they were just like yeah, shoot so. shoot the shit. You could, that's how they end up. You, you could hear totally them cracking tell. off and stuff. Yeah, they they're like laughing at their own jokes when they're talking about like two brothers <laughs> out to fight the fucking what who gives a shit. Laughing at their own jokes. Yeah. Right <laughs> Phenomenal episode. But Great no, Christian, episode. I think that's what I always talk about, you know, of like in the, I know we I, we either started talking in this episode about it or we're talking about it pre-show before we were live. Of 
how lucky we are to be alive right now and that like we all grew up with the shit where we loved your dino sheets but you also loved your one superman pillowcase or your ghostbusters the random thing you could find and get and now it's everywhere because we grew up and wanted to pull it in that thing and like to your point of like the fact that yeah dc's animated films are so good and their young adult novels are so good and they'll put out stuff like superman versus the clan right like that is a young adult book that's targeting not the traditional comic fan and also not the traditional i'm in a comic book store thing right but it's telling a super traditional superman story that is about superman the alien and these immigrants coming to metropolis or moving in metropolis and how they both feel out of place and what they're doing and how they can find you know themes together there but yeah that there's just such a wide swatch of content that we can all have like this yeah i mean it golden age is a term within comics so i don't want to say we're in the golden age yeah, of yeah, that. Yeah. but maybe the platinum age of this as storytelling i mean just even and I'm not trying to, you know, things get so popular that it's easy to roll your eyes at them and be like, well, it's not that good. But like sure. The Walking Dead on TV is phenomenal. The fact that it is as phenomenal as it is and has run as long as it is, is phenomenal. And the fact that it's based on such an incredible comic book that Kirkman wrote all those years ago is phenomenal. It's like, we just look at this dearth of things now and you're like, yeah, I mean, WandaVision. Yeah, WandaVision was great, but I don't know. The, the vision special effects could have been i'm like shut up are you kidding yeah. me yeah i know no i mean because that's this you're talking about walking dead like that like to live through that right where i always talk about like oh i remember being you know like reading wizard magazine and they'd mentioned that there was a rumor of a justice league movie and i couldn't believe it but like walking dead i mean in college getting those graphic novels in my senior year and be like these are great like one and two and then reading it throughout and getting to ign and being a, a, such a walking dead fan and it being so niche at the time that andrew goldfarb when he was a fan got me the San Diego Comic-Con or whatever the hell it was, ex super exclusive walker that its head removed with Velcro and mailed it to me. And it was like the only piece of Walking Dead merch that was out, that was available, that existed outside of the books. And now, like, how many times do I walk down a, a Target aisleway and f see all this Walking Dead shit I would never buy or get press releases about Walking Dead Monopoly or something. I'm like, whatever, who cares? That's the most insane thing because I remember on the Game Over Greggy show, which was the precursor to this podcast in like, I feel like it was before we even left IGN. So it was a there long was so much time shitty, ago. So much shitty Game Over Greggy merch at Target. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to talk about something that yeah. jumped the shark. <laughs> well, I, I remember one of the like most what the fuck episodes we did was you trying to make the pitch that you yep. think that Walking Dead is going to be bigger than Star Wars. I said it was going to be the next Star Wars. It was, and, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. And it was like, are you fucking crazy? And like, you know how things all shook out. It's like, I didn't quite get to that level, but like it, it got a lot closer than I would have ever imagined. Like kudos to you for semi calling that. Cause I well, remember keep in mind what my argument was too. We're talking about years and years from now. Because Walking Dead, yes, is going to go off TV, but is it going to come back in 15 years? And is it going to, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, my my take, my thing, if you remember, in the argument was like, it's going to be around in all random ass forms of media for a long time, and I'll be interested to see how long that actually goes. Yeah, it's going to be. I just remember you telling me and Nick about the comics, and we were like super listening, like, what happens next? What happens next? And you're like, well, because yeah. it was like during the All Out War bit, like that's yeah, where yeah. we're at with the comics coming out month to month. Like, we're so far from that. I mean, the comics are over now. Yeah, like that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, I just did the Invincible podcast getting ready for the animated series, and it was the same thing of, like, dusting off all it's these over. memories. Like, I haven't talked about Invincible in so long, and I used to talk about it every month. And to go through and think about how that, where that story is starting 
with Mark and like, you know, he's a teenager. And it's like, when I think of Mark Grayson, I think of where the book left him, which I'm not going to spoil. And it's like, man, that is a different thing. And so many people are about to be introduced mm-hmm. to that in a brand new way. Yeah. It, uh, if I may, and I'm curious if you all have like, Nick, is there a thing that like a fandom that you feel like is being underserved? Like where you do, are you still Mask. that kid looking for that shirt that doesn't exist? Or are we just oversaturated? We're just spoiled, you know, riches galore. We have everything we want. I mean, I mean, there's definitely untapped like properties if that's what you're talking about. But well, something um, that you love that like you're like, I want that. I mean, we don't get to go to Target right now, but like, you know, oh, I mean, <laughs> the only the, the I mean, thing. the only series, the, the only thing that I've ever wanted was I want them to I want someone to get off their ass and figure out the rights issues with Robotech and make those a movie oh. and then bring that back into the um, the fray. Because I feel like if you did the original 33 episode run in three movies it would rival anything out there. It's such a cool story. And it's exactly what we're talking about, which is it takes a character that's pretty much like innocent and throws him into war and things get just gray and he grows from it. And like, where you look at where you look at where that I just, I love his journey in it. I love the Rick Hunter journey. He starts with this cocky little flyboy and ends up <laughs> this sort of disenfranchised war hero who realizes that like, it's just, that's just not the way anymore. Um, and it's like a space opera and it's epic. And those are, that's just one of those properties. I'm like, I, I hope to God before I die, I get to see, you know, that title over, over, you know, on the big screen, um, just Robotech once just to see it. Cause I think everyone would love it, but you know, don't, you got to pick the right people for that bad boy. And it's changed hands about 800 times. So we'll see what happens. Michael Bay. Yeah. Not Michael Bay. <laughs> Please don't let Michael Bay direct it. Let's add, let's Keep add him away from it. Let's add some CG animals. No, Why not? no. You know? It needs. I mean, that's the kind of per, that's the kind of thing that I would love to see, like a like a, like a Denny Villeneuve or or someone who's just a really really focused on the story. Attack that and just tell those stories because the the actual action and all that stuff. It's really going to tell itself. I mean, you know, transformable mechs in space just blasting each other in epic, epic freaking war escapes with these like giants as, as bad guys. And like, oh, it's just it's the coolest thing ever. And, and you know, but it has a heart and it has a story. And I'd always love to see that happen. But you know, I guess I've, we'll just I, keep I, watching the, the redos on Amazon. I've had so much hope with what Netflix and um, the studios making Castlevania have have done, uh, especially with that new. I know they just recently put out a Greek mythology sort of uh, short series, I believe, on Netflix, animated as well by the same studio. And that existing and that being good has given me so much hope to get more things like that. I just really want an Overwatch animated show. I think mm. every animated short Blizzard puts out is a short movie that is as good as anything Pixar does emotionally and good with storytelling, and it's never cheesy or bad and of course you have to understand kind of the characters and the backgrounds of the story but i think blizzard has such a cash cow with the overwatch universe and they haven't fully found a way to just go beyond video games because they keep putting out these shorts but like what like they have they have comics as well but i want to see it like a bigger form of it you know but it's got Mm -hmm. but it's got it's got to boil down to like how much money they can make off of those things, right? The economics started to play, and they ma- they make so much more money off of Overwatch than they ever would making like an animated shorts or animated movies. Specifically, because the whole reason to make most of these things for studios, and Christian can correct me if I'm wrong, but is to have that synergy over those other properties. When you already have the video game that's making you billions of dollars a year, it's hard pressed to be like, okay, we're gonna develop, we're gonna do like task our cinematics department and for like an entire year to make something really really cool and put it out in theaters and risk it just. Well, I mean, then you're talking about like 
uh, going outside of your own studio, right? Whereas I, don't, I mean, if be- you're Blizzard, you don't have to, right? There's cinematics department. And correct me if I'm wrong, but they used to be like unbelievably good at making things. Oh, no, great, so I guess two minute shorts is different than. But I than think a I think it's exactly what you're movie. saying, though. Is is the point I'm making? If you wanted to do a feature length, I don't think you'd turn to your cinematics team. You would yeah. outsource, and then do you lose some of that magic, and you start getting other people involved? Maybe and, like, right. Yeah, it's such a a hard thing to find. I think these properties that actually can go out and be truly multimedia and can go to different things and not well, lose something in the transition that's why this last of us series is going to be so fascinating to look sure. at because i mean and again this with is me, me as a clicker yeah of course yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, actually i think you've, you've touched on something very very important all of us should be clickers at this point especially uh, especially <laughs> me uh for how especially, much that I, I mean fan. i don't know if you know this but i my let's play of the last of us one inspired the sequel so it came out like a couple months later and i was like you're all welcome yeah um nick was like they should really make a second one and neil Jones was like geez. you're right done that's a great idea let me month do it. later month later yeah. uh no but that's good that's what's gonna be so fascinating and that's what will be so cool to, to talk to the team over at naughty dog with just be like hey how, how much of this was your input versus how much do you feel the, the story kind of changed and obviously who the hell knows if they're ever going to be able to elaborate on that and but if it turns out well maybe they will maybe they'll be like hey it was this really cool collaborative effort and they stuck to the story and they stuck to these characters um and they did what we wanted them to do but um i'm just fascinated by that but i mean dude if you took and if you took Overwatch and said, hey, we're going to bring it to Pixar, does that even feel right? Oh, oh yeah. Would it? Maybe, would HBO, awesome. maybe HBO would want to do an official podcast about the show. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm just <laughs> But I think like, with Naughty Dog, there's a spe- that you're going to have a great comparison point between it and the Uncharted movie. Like Those are two Naughty Dog properties. Mm-hmm. And with Last of Us, you have Neil writing it or co-writing it and mm-hmm. that talent. And... I don't know. I don't know. I've worked with the studio. I, I have a lot of friends there, but I don't know what their involvement is with Uncharted. So I'm curious to see that. And Blizzard did WoW or War, Warcraft. And like that was another like a live oh, action. Yeah. It didn't do. So I think a lot of it is trusting partners and and can someone execute on your vision? And then on the other side of that coin, I'm so excited for Sonic 2. I mean, Hell Sonic yeah, was dude. so good. It was so from the it reveal. No right sexy, being as good as it was. No right. Yeah, the reveal of sexy Sonic ledge, legs to the final. That's on, it's not on HBO Max. That's on one of the platforms right now. Right? I think HBO has it. Yeah, maybe Amazon. Here, here's Prime. my thing. Though. Maybe Amazon Prime is is like I think that there's different lanes that these things can fall into, and it's just like okay, that's a decent video game movie. Or it's like, oh, that's a good video game movie. Or this is just a good movie. And of course, there's a bunch of other things of the bad qualities. But we're just talking about the good here. I think Sonic just falls into like, oh, that, that like that's funny. That was good. It's good for a video game movie. It's not a good Sonic movie. Like, there's not that much Sonic in there. But that's fine. I don't think it's Changed. possible to make a good Sonic movie for the things that Sonic fans are looking for out of that. And that's okay. Right. And I think that's the difference between Uncharted and Last of Us is that. The, when we're talking about just the the story of itself, Last of Us is so good and actually yeah. such a great story that just translate that one for one, you're not going to really lose much. Like, it's a great video game, but it's really a great story that happens. The strength of it is the story, yeah. By video game elements. Whereas with mm-hmm. Uncharted, it's kind of like, it's just fun to be doing all these like action set pieces pc things characters are great dialogue between them is awesome but at the end of the day is it really going to be it, it's going to be uh attempted an indiana jones movie and look like at, in modern times yeah at, at best, best it's indiana at best. jones at best it's indiana jones at worst it's the movie sahara starring uh matthew mcconaughey you know and steve it's, zahn it, it, it is silly it's and Anthony jolie's tomb raider with john yeah Hill. exactly but i mean that's and that's that's their that, that's where they're really smart right licensing those properties for the various mediums i think was very smart i think uncharted absolutely you want a summer blockbuster i could see us all having fun sitting eating popcorn when we're allowed to again and watching it 
if you said the last of us was going to be a movie i'd be like I, they can't they got to make more there's too it's too much story mm-hmm. and too much nuance mm-hmm. and character development for me to see um in just two and a half hours i and, and so when they said it was going to be an hbo series and hbo i still stand by i mean i have no disrespect to netflix or amazon because they all have great all, all the streaming services have have really great original they content. have their watch, gems, watch bosh for, sure, yeah. for christ's sake watch bosh um but <laughs> hbo is to me the, the 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 sort of top of the mountain when it comes to, to something like that and so it, like if i was doing that level of story with with the violence and the heart that they have in it i would absolutely hope hbo would be the number one that would produce God, how that. good was chernobyl how good oh, was chernobyl? so good let's talk about how good chernobyl was after a word from our sponsor this episode is brought to you by babel genesis aqua and if you don't know that means I don't know what. Like the thing that is missing. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know what it's missing, but it's missing it. And I learned that using Babbel, just like Greg Miller's been doing. He's been trying to learn French uh, to be able to, you know, communicate a little bit better with his wife. And it's been going great. Uh, Babbel has made the whole process addictively fun and easy with bite sized lessons that you'll actually use in the real world. Babbel's 15 minute lessons make it the perfect way to learn a new language on the go. Unlike the infamous language classes you took in high school, Good riddance. Uh, Babbel designs their courses with practical real-world conversations in mind, things you'll get to use in everyday life, not just trying to find where the library is. Ain't that right, Kevin? Donde está la biblioteca? Thank you very much. Their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. With Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. You purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. That's six months for the price of three. Just go to Babbel.com and use promo code MORNING. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com, code MORNING, for an extra three months free. Babbel, language for life. And next up, I want to give a shout-out to BetterHelp. In 2021, talking about mental uh, health is finally a thing, and that's why we're excited to be sponsored by BetterHelp Online Theory. Mental health check-in. How are you really? And what do you need right now? Therapy can help you. What is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Get some tools to help with motivation, depression, anxiety, battling your temper, stress, dealing with insecurity in relationships or at work, whatever you need. It's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. Uh, BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. Uh, One of my good friends has been using this and been having a really great time just because of how easy it is uh, and how like private and secure it all is and he just feels very comfortable with the whole process. You can join the millions of people who are seeing what therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Kind of Funny Morning Show listeners. You can get 10 percent off the first month at betterhelp.com slash morning that's better h-e-l-p dot com slash morning betterhelp.com slash morning to get 10 percent off your first month of better help do we have a sponsor yeah oh well, yeah we're back that was great you did a good job that was a great, great. job good job good. kicking to that you know what Thank i mean you. uh i do want to talk about uh you know chernobyl it was good there we talked about it <laughs> what i do want to point out is something that was Nailed brought it. up before we started the show by john uh, christian john cusack is everybody yeah. who's blocked in here for, by john cusack because uh, christian what's the deal with john cusack uh, so to be clear this I'm not going to take credit for this. We were talking about blocked on Twitter, and then I, I, think, I think I br- yeah I think Tim I mentioned Andy, that yeah 
out of nowhere, uh, this was like a year or two ago that people started noticing I'm blocked by John Cusack on Twitter. Why is John Cusack blocking me? And I happened to Google and it says he tweets out last year, November 16th, 2020, says, hey, if I blocked anyone nice by mistake, the bot armies of Mordor are out after me in full force. This does not seem like it was on his own volition. This seems like no, it no. may just be some some Bro, weird act it's of blocking. John happening. Cusack. He doesn't know enough about Twitter to be blocking massive amounts of people. This is totally a screw up on someone else's end. No, no, no it's, it's not a screw up. up. It said he just got he just signed up for one of those things, and it said, "Oh, we'll we'll, we'll block these people. We'll block people who do X, Y, and Z. Right, or have, right, right. had contact with X, Y, and Z." I, mean, I know so you're saying that. Not blocked. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Oh, I think the bot. system works. I'm not blocked by John Cusack either. I, I am saying. blocked. And I, I know exactly why I'm blocked. And I, I've, been on block list, I've been on block list for years just because of like just drama I've been involved in over the last couple of years. And sucks because of all that. Yeah. And I mean, that's why Tim Schaefer blocked me. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then, then he hit me up. He's like, hey, man, I'm sorry. Like, I just noticed you're blocked. I don't want to block you. Like, that sucks. And I'm like, yeah, this fucking sucks. But it is what it that's is. That's unfortunate, Tim. Block, you know what, Tim? I'm going to block Tim Schaefer right now, just, just for you. No, no we should block John Cusack. I mean, swing back that. Here's the thing. I would love to, but John Cusack does not. He's not blocking me, so I'm not. Really? Wow, Nick. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah Andy, I, I slacked you about that about four hours ago. Must love dogs. Must not be blocked. Yeah. Here's the deal about John Cusack, man. I love John Cusack, and I love John Cusack. For one, <laughs> I love John Cusack for one reason, one reason only. Gross Point Blank. I love that movie so much. That is all. That oh, is wow. all. Okay. Please don't. Block and all the movies he did in the '80s, he did. He was great in all those movies. But I wonder if, if there's like a site you can go to to find out who block who has you blocked. You know, I like. I, gonna, I think on this one, ignorance is bliss for me, Tim. I don't want to know people that have me blocked. I don't. Oh, I want to know specifics. Oh, <laughs> uh, for me or for oh, you? Look, here's a, check it out. Here's an article uh, from 2020 from BuzzFeed. It says people are sharing celebs that have been blocked on Twitter. Um, Bur- oh no, but this isn't an auto blocking thing. This is just Bert Kreischer saying Gene Simmons blocked him. <laughs> 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 this is fantastic this is just like celebrities saying like oh yeah gordon ramsay blocked me <laughs> yeah, I'm just looking at, there's the an article list. here from business insider but it's written for like my mom or just if you want to know if you've been blocked go to that person's profile like, right. nah, yeah nah, yeah that's, not, that's, that's a good way to know that's not helpful in any, in any stretch of the imagination if you want to see if your kid blocked you on social go to their profile <laughs> <laughs> can you see your child on social <laughs> this would be somebody incredible. replied to Bert crasher saying that flow from progressive blocked him <laughs> that's that's great. great that's great i'll be honest with you guys i think the only person who's ever um that i know of that's blocked me on social media is kevin Kevin's sure. the only person that I've ever known that's blocked me on something. And he, to this day, I went to look at the picture of him uh, with the straightened Jesus hair that he just did and yeah. couldn't see it. Had to have Joey's phone record it uh, and, <laughs> I mean, and send it, it to you me. You know what I mean? It's one of those things when someone puts an image out and says, don't insult me in this image, you should listen to that. You know, read the comments. I didn't comments. insult you. I was yeah. just telling people the truth that uh, you think okay. you're Gryffindor. You, you think you're Gryffindor. That's all I'll say. You think I, you would get to order to Gryffindor. I am a Gryffindor. I am a Gryffindor. You muggle. I'm just saying. Andy, you know? Slither right there. Yeah. You just slither, bitch. <laughs> That's a fun gift. <laughs> no, we can't bring that joke back. No, we can't bring because the, the, the community takes it way too they far. They go so, so hard. So, Christian, what happened is we all kind of agreed Kevin's a Slytherin. He was like, I'm not a Slytherin. I'm a Gryffindor. And then. And again, and again, he took the test in front of us. 
and on Potter, uh, what is it, Pottermore.com? Is that what it is? Yeah. Pottermore. And I'll I'll be damned. Honestly, he got Gryffindor. I also got Ravenclaw. We're not going to talk about that. It was a dark week for me. Okay. But, but I'm just saying if this is Kevin and it's, I don't put it, a, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say Kevin's not capable of hacking Pottermore and making it so that he got Gryffindor every single time. Just saying that. That's all I'm. I can imagine him getting to the sorting hat and be like, "You better fucking put me in Gryffindor. You better put me." in But like that's the thing. (laughs) The The sorting hat, like like, threatening the sorting hat's family. Like the sorting hat would be like, "All right, dude, you're cool. All right, go." Yeah, but not when you brought out a knife and were like, "I will stab your your mother." (laughs) This the mother sorting hat. If you don't put, they'd be like, "This dude's a fucking." It's a sombrero. That's a classic Gryffindor move, though. Yeah, (laughs) just stabbing someone when they're you know when they're back to you. Yeah, but look, all I'm saying is the reason that you're blocked is your own goddamn fault. You know what I mean? Like I am not ready for you, just like you're not ready to drop it. You just gave me shit right now on air. I'm not. So there it is. Go fuck yourself. I'm so over it. I'll make fun of you. I I I I didn't give you shit. I just pointed out. I was just saying the specifics for everyone who was not familiar with this particular argument that you and I are apparently continuing to have. I let it go. Months ago, you let it, years ago, you don't get to let it go. <laughs> like you're not in the I, position yeah, holding anything. You're the back person. Yeah, Kevin, the I, here. Kevin, I forgave you months ago for your part in this drama. I nothing wrong. Except I, I just want you to know, I'm I'm being the bigger man. I'm being the bigger man. I, I got no, it. I got not. you know, as an outside observer with no skin in the game, I gotta say, yeah, Nick's being the bigger man right now. Kevin. How proud of you? Go How really proud of you? If you want to block that's them, fine. No, just like he let this go. It's fine. I'll just block Greg too. It's fine. I, I want to. I, I didn't know that was you know something. I need to see the tortoise picks. Please don't block me. I want to. I want to circle back really, really quick because um, I honestly thought we'd have a lot more in the tank for um, John Cusack. <laughs> we didn't. That's fine. <laughs> we didn't. <laughs> have a whole lot. About, I'll talk about John Cusack. All we day, didn't have dude. a whole lot more, and that's totally fine. That's on me. I thought there'd be it'd be a well of of content right there, but. Like, I talked about w- w- hoping that Overwatch has this big thing. Greg, are there any properties that you think, similar to Nick oh, saying man. that he was At this Robotech. point, for me to enter into this conversation, I feel like I'd just be insulting everything I've gotten. You're, again, I can, I can legitimately, distinctly remember laying on my bed, reading Wizard Magazine, rumors of the Justice League, and looking up at my JLA Grant Morrison uh, run mobile that I got when my comic book store closed down spin around and being because i mean remember of course like when i was growing up the justice league was not the justice league you think of it was you know booster gold and blue beetle and they had a lot of great adventures but they weren't the book you necessarily wanted to read so it was a blue huge beetle the fucking, mexican guy yeah yeah the, the second he, one of them he's getting yes. a film too and it looked it sounds incredible from the talent they're lining up for it so we can't even complain about not having a right <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was last week i talked about the the uh play school figures right or what the imagine x uh things of all the different things so it's like for me to sit here and be like i want the, like i'm like now that invincible is on the tip of everybody's tongue again right like it, for some reason that uh tweet of me freaking out the day that invincible got announced is come back around where people are retweeting it and liking it again that was my first day in the office wow you picked a great day you're the good luck charm you know what i mean look yeah. at this ever since you got here everything's been but i thought it was so. gonna be a live action movie i, I didn't think well it was yeah they still say they're doing it but i think no, the yeah, anim- they are, I, right? I, back to nick's point where i think they don't need the it. animated series makes so much more sense better. for Invincible, it's where better. it's like as detailed as those relationships are, and that book is all about people's uh, character growth, I'd much rather have multiple, Entirely. multiple seasons of it rather than try to shove it together by a two-hour a two movie every three years. But again, just- the thing that I'm so stuck on, I keep bringing this up, but I want people to understand how crazy this is. This is a, an hour-long animated show. 
Like, we don't get that ever. Like, they obviously give a shit and are going to try to give us real deep character development like we saw in the comics. Like, this is a commitment. This is a choice for them to be like, we need to tell this right. And there's only one way to do it. And that's yeah. so cool. Hopefully. I haven't seen it. But I'm hoping that that's the case. Yeah. Kevin, if you guys just, I just kicked you the, the morning show clip. <laughs> that's, again, still getting kicked around. Right now, 2,500 likes. Uh, more than 100K views on the video. Can you just rewind it to the very front? Because me. <laughs> like Jesus. that's legitimate like face. i never thought in my life i would see invincible on some main like seth rogan because who responds to this tweet that i would see that him you know making an invincible thing insane thank you you don't have to watch the whole thing it's just me freaking out i'll retweet it for you right now everybody. God, every time thank you. you kick the chairs back i always be like thank god we took the wheels off yeah no, remember I we had that <laughs> that might be the first thing I posted on Instagram when I was in the studio. I think like my first thing of like my first day of work and it was the video from just God. kind of like the back room, the, side, the, yeah. the entrance area, just looking at the set. I, so man, bizarre. I miss that. I miss Andy creeping around the corner and filming us and me having that one moment of being like, why is he doing that? What's he going to do? What's he going to do with that? it goes into this like two track mind it's either okay should i like dial this back or triple I down go? yeah i triple, triple down. down and then Andy, andy's, like, puts his phone away because yeah. andy's like too far nick yeah. uh -huh. i just don't, i don't know what andy wants from me okay i'm just saying as a, as a point of feedback for when he directs me like you got to give me a little feedback right do you okay do it. you want rated r or just be responsible you know not my not my strong suit <laughs> i gotta be honest you may have cast the wrong person that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Yeah. I John just Cusack. Love, John Cusack. I, I love those honest to God reactions. Like we we all live in a world now of like reaction videos and they're very they're terrible thumbnails and they're Yeah. Them. Close your mouth. Very soy boy. <laughs> you fucking soy boy. God. They're so they're so like I'm not soy boy. I'm very big on stage when that was a thing I could do, like stand up. I'm very physical. But like when consequence like i was doing a lego stream just trying to capture a hand like a top-down cam a test out just building the razor crest and no big deal yeah it's like 10 people i'm just it's late i'm just doing a thing and i'm like oh i guess i'll talk about the kickstarter i'll just pull it up here and that's when i saw it it funded it was like an honest and i was like oh that's awesome then i realized the inception moment of like oh shit I'm making a reaction video. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I, I wish this wasn't happening live. Oh, no. Yeah, but a, but a genuine reaction is great. That's totally fine. I'm I'm always a little bit weirded out when people do those and like they try to they try to re recreate the emotion and stuff like that. You know, you're like, I can tell you're you're trying to act here a little bit. But, but that's but, why I love that you guys. I mean, you you might not, or your friends or significant others might not. But I love the breadth of content you're putting out because. I feel like over the years we've gotten so many great honest to God reaction videos from you all because you're in studio in the moment doing yeah. things when stuff happens and you're able, uh, you're all at like live reacting. A lot of folks, it's like you're on camera and like nothing's going to happen. Like it needs to be like breaking news, but I love the, in the moment, in the zeitgeist moment of those things. So just as a fan, thank you for those. Cause that, that invincible moment's great, but there's been many, many, many like, Hey, we're doing the mornings. 
what happened? What did Sony just say? That are just yeah. so fun for fans there's, to there's see. There's the and fantastic one of when e, Sony pulls out E3 <laughs> and somebody says it pulls out. I'm like, no, impossible. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go back to the show before it actually breaks his real. <laughs> like, no, last of Us happening. Two, Last of Us Two getting delayed. Me and Bless finding out in real time at the very end of Games Daily. We were signing off. Like I think we've already said goodbye, and it happened. And it was just we just had a a death on camera it was horrible but yeah it's it's funny with the live reaction stuff obviously everyone in the comments is going to have their opinion one way or another like i get excited about things that i like and i have now spent a decade at least uh seeing comments of people being like it's a fake reaction it's like all these motherfuckers right here know me that it's not a fake reaction but the thing that that people need to understand is we know this and we design it this way like greg and i specifically ask our pr connects to not don't tell show us things. <laughs> about things that we're going to be excited about. Like, tell me when to be there. Tell me, like, to, you know, be, to record my reaction. But, like, do not let me know what's happening because then I'm not going to react. Like, I have never faked a reaction for that type of stuff. And I'm not going to because that's what the fuck's the point of that? It's stupid, especially when there's so many things to react to, like, and get hyped about. It's a great time to be alive. I, my answer to the question of what would I bring back? It's nothing. You know, there's a couple things I'd redo, but. We've just gotten so much. I'm sure all the things I want to redo will get redone at some point. Well, that's a hard question too, though, because it's like, I think, Greg, to your point as well, like we've had so many things. It's like, when is a gift horse, uh, you know, like coming to America too. Uh, I love everybody in that. Let's I'm talk about it. Make- it's, it, you're Let's talk you're about getting it. into monkey's paw territory. <laughs> like, I'd love more. I know what I'm stepping into. Uh, I'm glad it exists. It's fine. Yeah. I don't know when we ask for, exactly. It's monkey. It's like what? What do you wish for? Like, oh, I really wish they'd someone would make a new, um, a new bowfinger. Wow. <laughs> no. no don't put that. Out. Maybe, Eddie, don't put that out. Maybe yeah. Eddie Murphy's asked for that, but I don't think anybody else has ever asked for that. <laughs> that just well, the thing is, like, I like for me, change. like translating it to video games and Nintendo, I think is really easy. I want a new F Zero. I want a new Star Fox, but I just don't want a new one. I want a good one, and like sure. that is, I feel like asking for too much. Uh, yeah. F-Zero, I think, might have a better chance. But even then, in the, the way that video games are in 2021, what does an F-Zero game look like full price? You know, I don't know. I don't know if that can even work. And, like, Star Fox is even even more of a question mark. But, like, I don't just need to see it coming to America. <laughs> like, I, I'd rather get something good out of it. And, you know, every once in a while, we, we get a Bill and Ted 3. Oh, so good. <laughs> Bill and Ted 3. Oh, God. Well, that's, you know, so yeah, I had a nightmare what months ago right i had that nightmare of like i finally got to see ghostbusters afterlife and it was bad <laughs> you know what i mean like my heart can't take that like you want to you want to do your reboot ghostbusters and that's terrible i could have told you it's gonna be terrible get the fuck out of here but the idea that they get as much as the cast back together they can and that movie's gonna be garbage i'm like oh god please don't let it happen please you know what i mean we didn't need to do this yeah but speaking I mean, of getting everything you ever wanted i'm used, i forgot my father sent me superman power clean <laughs> wipes from my computers and things i'm wiping down my ipad and let me tell and you of course you're using them of course you're like i have to use these immediately god bless you uh they've been here a while nick don't worry you know what i mean you're not you're not the 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 em tech screen wipes power clean police i'll use them whenever i want to you know what you don't know that i'm not an undercover em, EM tech power screen police officer that just has been fucking deep deep undercover Listen, this organization I, those have been discontinued <laughs> they've been discontinued for years you don't know it man coming to america too was such an interesting eddie murphy right now is just in such an interesting place with all these like reboots that he's doing or like not reboots but like sequels right because i think they're still working on beverly hills cop 4 and they're yeah. he's doing he's doing something else too with one of his old properties 
I this is the disappointing thing with me is that I I think that Eddie Murphy is trying to step back into where he was in the 80s, but he doesn't he's not that same person anymore. And he doesn't have that same edge and he's not willing to take those same risks with his career that were provocative and and you know polarizing that got him to where he is. But what I wish people would tell him is that you don't have to. You may like if if you haven't seen it, go watch Dolomite is my name. It's a great place for Eddie Murphy to be in his career right now. It's still edgy, but it's a movie that 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 embraces today and like the modernism today and doesn't need to necessarily feel the need to apologize for what happened uh in the 80s, which is kind of what a little bit of coming to America too does. And so I'm just like I don't I don't I just question like listen, if you told me you want to get together with your friends again and make another coming to America, I'm like cool. Go for it. I'll I'll support this, right? But that has to be all it is because otherwise, tell a different story. You're Eddie freaking Murphy. You've got all these resources. Anyone will fund your shit at this point, I have to imagine. Um, so I'm not excited for that. I'm not excited for the next Beverly Hills Cop because I saw Beverly Hills Cop 3 and I know that everything he does is going to be Beverly Hills Cop 3. That was a movie that was made way too late in the game. He was totally the wrong person to be making that movie. They should have never done it. And it just and it was PG-13, which is like you don't make a freaking Beverly Hills Cop movie PG-13. Come on. Or, or Coming to America. Is a, no, or did, Coming to America for that matter, yeah, which I think is. Have you all done like the – there's been great retrospectives on Beverly Hills Cop 3, but like if you haven't, highly recommend – I mean, the animosity on set was apparently like so high where most of the shots where you don't see Eddie's face, it's not Eddie. There's a lot of ones uh-huh. instead of twos because Eddie was in his trailer because he was the early green screening of when he's on the Ferris wheel or whatever. Like so much about that movie shouldn't to me, Beverly Hills Cup three is somehow a, a so many of the movies that got made in the mid 2010s made back then. And that it was like a mistake. Mm. Yeah. back too late uh people didn't have their heart in it bad idea but none no one looked at that movie and were like we shouldn't do that instead people looked at it and they were like let's do a bunch of them yeah, let's do a bunch more of those. <laughs> but you know you know what's funny is uh, i i uh God, i forget the name of the book uh, wild and crazy guys is the book that i read elise mm-hmm. uh, willems recommended it for me because she knows we have very you know the same sensibilities when it comes to that stuff but it's it's a movie that follows a lot of the comics or the comedic talents in the 80s and how they sort of change the face of comedy and movies and one of the things they talked about was they interviewed John Landis and he talked about working with Eddie Murphy on the, the difference between working with Eddie Murphy on trading places and working with Eddie Murphy on coming to America was night and day. And the Eddie Murphy that was coming in through the eighties was a megastar showed up with an entourage. And the guy that showed up on trading places was just this young kid mm-hmm. fresh out of like his first season with Saturday night live. And was like, I am ready to work. I will do whatever it takes. And he was fun on set and all this stuff. And he's like, I just got a totally different person with coming to America. Um, and I think that you're it's weird to me that to see Eddie Murphy sort of come full circle and try to sort of, I guess, reconnect with that original person because he wanted to do stand up again, too. And I'm like, don't you don't know, don't we don't need another like, I, I just don't see you getting necessarily back in touch with with what humanity needs right now from a, a stand up special. But leave I mean, it. I'm here show. for it. I'm here for it if he can do it. But yeah, I mean, you meant Dave. I mean, you know how it is, though, right? Like, it's, I mean, it's, Hard, but Chris Rock, I think, did a great job. Dave, well, but he know, never stopped, right? Like Dave never stopped. Like he did, we, Dave stopped for a long time, and he came back, I think, stronger because of it, because of you know the media story around what happened to him in Comedy Central, and I think sure. so much of what he's been telling since is in a reaction to that. So I don't know what Eddie's reexamination is of that. My stand-up career's. I'm not even going to nowhere near close to any of those. No, folks. I mean, are you kidding me? I'm doing, usually I'm doing Zoom three. shows right now. So. Nowhere. I was in Beverly Murphy, Dave Chappelle, 
Christian Spicer. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for proper order. <laughs> uh, the list is just much longer and you skipped over uh, everyone else. <laughs> There's an ellipsis there. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think and such an important part of it is, is uh, relatability. And yeah. I think a lot of times folks get so successful that they lose that relatability. Um, love him or hate him, Dane Cook was very relatable early. Mm-hmm. And then there was this period, and he had some awful stuff happen in his life. He lost his parents, and I think there was embezzlement. with like Yeah, someone, I think his brother or someone stole a bunch of money from him. Don't, Don't wish that on anyone. But there was really a bad. part, again, just my opinion, of, of his career where he was still hitting on all cylinders, but his jokes were about things that only Dane experiences. Right. And so then you lost that. And then he reconnected. He did a smaller tour. Again, I'm not going to win you over on whether or not you like Dane's style of comedy. But Tim, he, he, get on the Dane Cook bandwagon. <laughs> Come on, let's go, bro. Oh, That's why I'm here. This show is to get you on board. Uh, <laughs> but he reconnected with something that people can experience. Mm-hmm. So if Eddie can do that, I'm here for it. But if not, and she's not a no-name, I'm not like recommending this up-and-comer, but if he's not, Tiffany Haddish is here. You know, yeah. like there are comics out there that are just slang, that are, are relatable, that are edgy, that are pushing envelopes. Bill Burr, again, not a no-name comic, like top of his game. Yeah. But like that stuff is happening. And if Eddie doesn't want to do it, great, step aside. But well, man, I'd here's, love for him to come out swinging. Here, here's the big problem we're going to see, right, is that Eddie, Eddie, I don't think he's at a place where he wants to do what Dave did. When Dave came back with those first few, Little Rust, Little Rust was on those, right? And he t- he still is taking a lot of flack for some of the stuff in there that I feel was a little underdeveloped, uh, specifically a lot of the more polarizing stuff. I, I just, I mean, I know how I feel when I step back on stage, even after having been gone for a month. And I'm obviously not nearly as talented or, and nobody expects nearly as much from me as they do Eddie Murphy. So like, it's gotta be <laughs> terrifying to think I'm gonna, I just gotta go to the store and start working through right or the comedy seller and just start working through with all these young bucks you're going to come up being like i'm going to fucking i'm going to be so much funnier than eddie murphy right now you're not even going to fucking know god it's got to be intimidating yeah you, you have your own legacy to compete with and when your legacy is eddie's if, oof, yeah oof. That, <laughs> yeah the best of the best man i used to love dane cook i thought it was just like I mean, that was just high school and Employee like of the this, month, man. this is the funniest dude I've ever seen. I had I remember just walking around high school with the the with it on my iPod mini. Like <laughs> it was just the coolest shit. And I just couldn't believe and then Vicious Circle came out and he was like the biggest celebrity in the world at that time. <laughs> like there was nobody bigger than Dane Cook. And it's just it's wild because I remember um, well, somebody else that, that fell off for very good reasons. Uh, Louis C.K. had him on an episode of the show back when he was still doing his show. <clears throat> and it was all about it, it was first off weird to see Dane Cook in that light because this is way past his prime. This is way past mm-hmm. all of the good stuff that he'd done in his career. And it was it. it I think they had a rivalry at one point and they. He stole a joke. The allegation is that Dane stole one of Louis's jokes, and that's what they did on Louis. They talked about that real-life issue, and it was, yeah, wild to see Dane address it in a scripted way, but also, like, to see Dane not as the biggest dick in the neighborhood. Like, he -hmm. he was small in that scene and just kind of being yelled at by Louis. It was very different. It was very weird, yeah. So, like, seeing that portion, that part of him after seeing him surrounded in an arena was 
It, it just felt like, wow, I didn't is know. Is that what happened to Dane Cook? Is that where he fell off, or did it just comedy I think he changed. did some bad. No, I think he did some bad movies, and that kind of that okay. killed his celebrity. But isn't that, with all I due think. respect, isn't that what happens to every comedian? <laughs> I mean, uh, chairman of the board, but Carrot Top bounced back stronger <laughs> than ever. Literally, you can bench press a car. Well, well, little do we know, we're going to see Christian Spicer as a as a clicker, and they're going to be like, oh, terrible oh, show. Here's like, the end of this. I'll step out then. But if, if every comic gets terrible movies, then 10,221st on the list, I will take... My terrible movie. Thank you. Oh my god! Are you kidding me? If someone called me up right now, I was like, Nick, we need you to start an employee of the month too. I'd be like, Let's fucking go. Call up Jessica Simpson, see if, if she's available. Let's what get if it this was done. Waiting three. No, I would do waiting three, sure. But I would do like with I would Louise do my Guzman. experience waiting, where um, everyone was horrible and everyone was always having sex with each other and everyone was doing cocaine. I mean, that sounds be. like waiting one, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Well, yeah, then, hey, that'd be a, a great three, uh, sequel. A big problem with like what we're talking about here about like these people that used to be the it thing and then like lost over time. It's just th- you either start doing movies, then you become too big of a celebrity. So not only you're not relatable, but at that point, it's not stand up comedy anymore. You're kind of just doing a panel mm. at PAX, but in front yeah. of people where it's like the audience is there to just cheer and make noise no matter what you're doing up there. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like that could be entertaining. Just go be That's entertaining. That's a good point, for, Tim. Good for point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank, you, thank you very it's much. So funny. He's so tall. But, but yeah. the the issue is when they don't do that, when they are like, I am just going to, you know, make jokes that are my takes on the jokes that all the other contemporary uh, stand-up comedians are doing, it kind of just feels like me too shit. It, not 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 the bad me too. The uh, me like, also. I'm a, I'm a, me, yeah, as yeah, well. me as well. Me as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the me yeah, as well yeah, movement. Yeah. Well, that was what was so disappointing about Louis, right? Was that Louis was one of the one of the, you know, ten comics out there that was just really still kind of dedicated to the craft of stand-up. And when he'd do specials, you were like, God, this guy, no one really thinks and writes like him. And that's why it's it's you know, it's really sad that he did what he did and, and his career is where it is. But um, although he is still touring and I think he's still selling out venues, but um, like, that's why when I look at it, I'm like, I almost, it's, we live in a great time where you can just be a standup and you can be a standup and you can do, you know, you can do a podcast and you can have a following and that, and you don't feel the need to go out and do movies for exposure. So I think that's changed standup a lot. And I think that's helped like guys like Dave Chappelle or, He's just mega. He's a mega Exposure, star. And he can just talking do about his movies, own thing. Choice of words, I think. <laughs> I apologize. Yeah. Well, you know, no, no pun intended on that one. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Like I, you mentioned, Bill Burr, and I think he's obviously one of the guys that's just like top of his game, and 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 he's in movies, and you know, he does stuff like that. But I think if you were to ask Bill Burr what he is, he'd say he's a stand-up comic. And I think that's. I mean, I think he's the best character in The Mandalorian, but um, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, I absolutely think that. And I just watched uh, not Garden State, what the hell, King of Staten Island uh, the other night. I put oh, yeah. it on, and I was like, Great dude, he's that. good in this. It's a good he, movie. He's really good job. He is really good in that. Yeah. yeah, he did a really good job in that. So um, stand-up is tricky, and I think fame is tricky. Having not been there ever myself, but being in the scene enough to see it in folks, um, and just longevity is hard. You know, like. One Dane, I haven't, it's been 12 months. My last in-person show was March 13th, 2020. I remember going to the comedy store and on my way there on the phone with my wife being like, I don't think I want to do this. Like this feels, uh, it's okay. I'll do the show. I had my handy Sanny, you know, like right after. Yeah. And yeah, it's been over a year. Um, But being part of that and just being able to be there, um, one Dane still crushes. Again, I'm not going to win you over. Either it's for any comic, um, uh, but like folks are still he's, out he's, there. Dane's had. Like, like, I mean, he's said multiple times he's addressed the stuff. Like, I mean, I think I heard him on Rogan. He was just like, I've, you know, I was just. There's just lots of stuff that happened to him, and not not making excuses for his bad behavior. But he's not. It's not like he hasn't. He's been like like 
and this is no disrespect, like I'm not really comparison, but it's not like it's Carlos Mencia where he he's just like still never addressed it and never going to the fact that he's like, you know, he has got some transgressions he's got to make up for him. But sorry, continue. I interrupted you. Fame, like pick pick your band, you know, or even the MCU. I mean, it hasn't yet, but they they can't keep being great, right? How dare like, you? I, How dare you sir? Surely they can't. At some point, at some point, like Dane, what I think at that time he had the longest running. He beat the streak for Madison Square Garden selling out. Like you can't. Jesus. Whether it's I mean, Ice Clay, now Tiffany yeah. Haddish, and like you, you, you can't maintain Eddie before but, at some point. At some, aside from kind your of star funny, starts you, to fade. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, even Tiffany, right? Like she's. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I haven't really. I don't follow her that closely, but I know that she's had a couple movies that didn't do so well her last couple. So I wonder if that's what starts to the crest, and then you see the star fade, and then she mellows back out to like where she's going to be as a comic. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I don't. I mean, it's it's so wild. I don't know. I can't. I, I love the uh, Beastie Boys documentary on Apple TV Plus as they kind of talk about Paul's. I need to watch that. It's so good. And like they talk about Paul's boutique and what it was for them then and kind of what it's become a little bit. And it's like, even then, like that was the f- failure of a sophomore album. <laughs> and that's the, you know, one of the, the one. Yeah. Time. I just don't know how you, how you maintain again. I think you drink the blood of Kevin Feige and you just cross your face. <laughs> you do. So, oh my God. I would, that's the I way would to do absolutely it. Absolutely do that. Christian. One last time, thank you for coming on the show. You're sticking around for the post show we're doing on patreon.com slash kind of funny, of course. But before that, you want to give the pitch one more time for consequences? Yeah, great. Uh, it's a comic book that I put my heart and soul into. Uh, you can find the link uh, at my website, christianspicer.com or kindoffunny.com slash Christian. Was that it? Nailed it. Yeah. Um, it's up on Kickstarter. It's funded. It's coming out. Um, as Greg showed, uh, it, the book's done. So there's there's always risks, but it's done. The pages are there. This is just getting it out into production. Um, it'd mean the world to me if you went to Kickstarter and backed it. If you read through it and believe in it, the links to all the artists that worked on it are there. Um, but the book's the pitch, and it's about Cara Diol and the her violent actions in her past and the repercussions that those have for her future and kind of confronting that world. And I, I love it. It's, you know, John Wick, Daredevil hallway scene. It's that brutal, grounded action with characters that, hopefully stick with you for a while so it'd mean the world to me if you supported it and it's been an absolute pleasure to be here and and shooting the shit with you all this is a dream come true oh man anytime you know that you're always welcome here ladies and gentlemen this has been the kind of funny podcast uh each and every week four sometimes five best friends gather around these microphones each bringing their bullshit to bullshit with you about bullshit if you like bullshit head over (laughs) to patreon.com i'm adding more bullshit bullshit. where do i go for it oh man i'm sick all this real life where do i get some please give us some bullshit i hope they're mad at dinosaurs with feathers again uh patreon.com slash kind of funny to be part of the show with your topics uh to watch live just like game jumper x is the lou is mike l is madeline stanley is of course uh if you have no bucks toss away it's no big deal you can get each and every episode chock full of ads <laughs> and no post show <laughs> on youtube.com slash kind of funny roosterteeth.com and podcast <laughs> services around the globe each and every week twice a week of course if you liked christian like we said kind of funny.com slash christian but also check out dlc a podcast he does Hell with yeah. jeff canada which i realized i was on dlc it must have been like exactly a year ago like maybe like give or take a week because it was at the time I was on it with you. It was like we were still having the conversation of like, this is a crazy thing. But like, I wonder if it's going to affect anything. And then boom. <laughs> and the world ended. 
Yeah. yeah, DLC is the intimidating podcast because they'll send you the run of show and you're like, oh man, you guys really planned this. Oh, you guys really <laughs> like planned this shit. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. do. We have a run of show, but it's more of just suggestion. If we start talking about somebody we hate in the John chat, Cusack. we'll keep going that way. Yeah, exactly. Christian, <laughs> Christian DM'd me like five minutes before uh, we went live. He's like, hey, are we still good for today? And I was like, oh shit, yeah. Uh, here's the Discord thing. I was like, I, I assumed Greg was going to give it, but like, honestly, I shouldn't have assumed that. So <laughs> if Tim books the guest, Tim takes care of it. That's my, that's my thing. Greg brings the guess oh if God. you bring the person to the table you take care of it that yeah. was like me doing being, a pot that was me being very anal rolling out of another i was like i can do a two o'clock like that's not a, yeah sure i'm gonna pack and i was like uh, it's 255 what am i doing <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen we've got a post show to do on patreon.com slash kind of funny but until next time it's been our pleasure to serve you